Blog Talk Radio.
Well, everybody, welcome to our Monday night edition of Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer over the next two hours, please give us a call. If you have something on your heart, something you want to um, hear about, um, pretty much whatever, we're here for you, um, here to serve you in whatever way we can. So, Father God, tonight... Lord, I give you control over this broadcast. Father, and I ask that you alone would be glorified tonight. Father, that you would glorify the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that every person who is listening, whether live or listening through the archive, God, I pray that you would reveal the power of your blood, Father. Reveal to them, Lord, the unending favor that we have with you. Reveal to them the everlasting love which you have for us, God. Father, I ask tonight, Lord, that you would begin to reveal their true identities, Lord, in you, Father, not as the world would proclaim, Lord, but those identities, Father, the purpose which you prepared for them, Lord, the purpose which you declared in their lives before they were formed in their mother's womb, God. Father, that you would reveal yourself, Jehovah God, to them, Lord. Reveal to them the faith and the righteousness we have through Christ Jesus alone. Father, for those who may not know you tonight, God, Lord, we know your word declares that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. So, Father, draw them from the north, south, east, and west, Lord. Draw them into your presence tonight, Lord. Draw them into your fellowship, Father. Give them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Father. Let every one of their eyes be opened and enlightened, Father. Let their hearts be flooded with light, Lord. Let the borders of their hearts be enlarged, Father, so they can receive from you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You alone, Jesus, are worthy. You alone are seated on the throne. You alone have the name that is above every name, and all things have been placed under your feet. So, Father God, tonight, as your word declares, or it says, be still and know that you are God, Lord. We choose, Father, for this next two hours to rest in you, Lord, to rest in your presence, Father, to rest in your understanding, Lord, and not our own. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would take the words of truth, Father, your word, Lord, and make it alive to us, Father. Let it bring forth fruit in our lives, Lord. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Father, through your the washing of your word. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so I'm your host, John Holmberg, for the next two hours. You know, I want to, because I'm not sure exactly how this is going to go tonight, um, which is fine, because I'm trusting, knowing that he is in complete and total control over everything and anything that happens. So I wanted to read something to you that I read, um, and I sort of had a, a way I wanted to go with this tonight, um, the Lord willing, but it was about grace, and, you know, Chris... Um, 
the other host on the show. He's having um, this interesting situation, which we all go through at times, of having a bunch of different directions to go in and not knowing exactly which one that's the right one. Um, you know, the Bible says a, a man will play in his place, but the Lord directs his steps, and it steps the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And many times, though we have five million decisions we can make, we could go five million directions. It always it doesn't always matter which direction we go if we know whom it is we're going with. Because wherever we go, he's going to be there, and his blessing is going to be there, not because we deserve his blessing, but because his word declares that those who come to him must first believe that he is and also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the Father is a blesser. He's a God who loves. It's his very nature, his very character, his very identity is a God of faithfulness from generation to generation. A God who changes not. He says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And wherever we go, he's going to be there, regardless of if we go to the highest mountain, if we go to the farthest sea, if we go from to China or England or, or England or the Americas. It really doesn't matter because his grace is sufficient. And his strength, as Paul said, is made perfect in our weakness. And, you know, a story that came to mind today was – Abraham, and I love preaching on Abraham. I really do. It's like, um, I think Abraham is one of those amazing stories about, number one, grace in the Lord, um, and number two, about God's faithfulness. Also, it has a lot to do with obedience and how, you know, because there's a blessing that comes from the Lord just because of who he is and who we are in him. Not as being these amazing creatures, because we're really not, um, but because we're his children. It says, behold, in First John, behold what manner the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And it says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Something that we all need to get a grasp on and get a realization on. That When Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it meant that the realm of God's dominion and authority has become fact upon this earth. And, you know, with Abraham, he God told him to go out to a land he didn't know, and he just trusted God. And, um, and in the process of him learning to trust in the Lord, it says he... Uh, right, he was accounted to be righteousness before the law even came. Abraham received righteousness through faith. The uh, foreshadowing, the father of faith, if you will, was um, was Abraham, because when he did not even have the law yet, he had um, he had faith in God, and and by his faith, by his trust that the Lord was able to do everything he said he was going to do, and that he wasn't a god who would lie, he was accounted righteous. And there comes this point where him and um, I guess it was a lot. Um, we're we're going out, and they're going. And even though Abraham, even though God told Abraham, leave and don't take anybody, just you go and um, leave everybody behind. He still took his his um, I guess his nephew, or and they're going out. And it gets to this point where he stops because um, these two um, families, um, even though they're all one family, they're still they're fighting amongst themselves and. The, the sheep herders over here and the sheep herders over here, and they're all getting into arguments. And finally, Abraham stops and he's like, You know what? 
He remembered and it, he remembered that the Lord said, "Everything that you look, look around, and everything I give you, from here to here to here to here, it's all yours." And the Lord promised it to Abraham and his descendants after him. And so he turned to Lot. If it was Lot, I think it was Lot, and he said, "Choose a direction. Whichever way you go, I'll go the other way." And you know the interesting thing about that is. We see that, and we're like, okay, well, he said he's going to go one way, and Lot's going to go the other, but it wasn't just that. It was that he literally knew that it didn't matter which way he went, which way that Lot went. He knew that the Lord was going to bless him. And, you know, over and over again, if you read through the story of Abraham, you'll see the Father keeps showing up to Abraham and telling him that he's going to bless him, that he's going to be with him wherever he goes. And, you know, there's a place of resting in the Lord and walking in the Lord and walking in the knowledge of your relationship with the Lord that you understand who he is. And you understand that though we change, though our emotions change, though our circumstances change, he doesn't change ever. The mountains can be removed, the earth can be removed, and all that's left is him. Because he's the one constant, and he's the one unchanging creator seated on the throne of heaven, who has declared promises to men, even though, as King David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And, you know, me and Chris were talking a lot about the grace of the Lord and walking in grace. And, you know, I, I read, I, I saw something a little while ago, and I, I wanted to read it, and I and I saw this online, and it's a paragraph, but I, it sort of explains, I guess, a brief summary of what grace actually is. Um, and so, here's what it says, and it was actually from some group called the Gospel Coalition that I've never heard of, but it says, what is grace? Grace is love that seeks you out. When you have nothing to give in return Grace is love coming at you That has nothing to do with you Grace is being loved when you are unlovable The cliché definition of grace is unconditional love It is a true cliché For it is a good description of the thing Let's go a little further though Grace is a love that has nothing to do with you The beloved It has everything and only to do with the lover. Grace is irrational in the sense that it has nothing to do with weights and measures. It has nothing to do with my intrinsic qualities or so-called gifts, whatever they may be. It reflects a decision on the part of the giver, the one who loves, which is God, in relation to the receiver, the one who is loved, that negates any qualifications the receiver may personally hold. Grace is one-way love. The one-way love of grace is the essence of any lasting transformation that takes place in human experience. You can find this out for yourself by taking a simple inventory of your own happiness or the moments of happiness you have had. They have almost always had to do with some incident of love or belovedness that has come to you from someone outside of yourself when you were down. You felt ugly or sinking in confidence, and someone complimented you or helped you or spoke a kind word to you. You were at the end of your rope, and someone showed you a little sympathy. Some fear that grace delivered 
bud, blood-bought radical freedom will result in, loveless, in a loveless license. But grace alone, redeeming unconditional one-way love, not fear, not guilt, not shame, carries the power to compel heartfelt loyalty to the one who bought us. You know, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. <clears throat> Excuse me. We love him because he first loved us. And you know, it, it's it's ironic, um, surprising, how so many, you know, Paul said at one point, he said, how is it that you who began in grace are ending up in works? And um, the book of Galatians you know, we begin this walk not knowing anything about anything, just knowing that we were told that the Lord loves us, that he had a plan for our lives, um, that he wanted us to have eternal life. And without even getting into the specifics or the technicalities of what any of that really means whatsoever, we, with open arms, embraced him and declared him to be our God declared him to be our savior trusting him with the most valuable thing that any of us have which is our very souls that are eternal and we did it all by simple faith and trust jesus said blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe the bible says we love him whom we have not seen even though we will one day see him and we all will behold with our own eyes him who sits on the throne, him who the Bible declares is a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, and the one that the Father has put over judgment and committed all judgment to him because he is the only one worthy to be judged. And we will all stand before him, but he, but now we have not seen him. But we've loved him and we've known him through his word through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who the Father has poured out and released upon this generation as the scripture declares that through the we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption to once again fulfill the promise of the Father that when he said he would not leave us as orphans and Jesus said I will come to you and it's surprising that so often the enemy who the scripture declares walks around like a roaring lion lion seeking whom he may devour. And how often we get caught up listening to what he says about us and not what the one true creator has said. We who began this walk in faith, trusting solely upon the mercy of God, at times find ourselves struggling to try to obtain righteousness, which we already have, uh, trying to obtain approval and favor from the Lord, which we already have, trying to somehow find ourselves in His good graces, which we already are. And it's it's funny in a way. 
it's not funny, but it is, that we begin this walk in faith. And then soon after, so quickly after, assume that all of a sudden he changed, he has changed his mind or he has changed his perspective or all the rules have changed when they really haven't. When it is, We're the ones who change and he's the one who's the same yesterday, today and forever. And the enemy's still running around trying to make us believe that which we already know isn't true. That's the great thing about grace. It's the great thing about resting in God. Knowing that we don't deserve it. Knowing that those nails that went into his hands were meant for us. That the nails that went into his feet were meant for us. That the spear that pierced his side belonged in our side. And the weight and the punishment and the wrath of God that was inflicted upon him on that day of the cross was not his to begin with, but it was ours. But yet before the foundation of the world, the Father purposed in himself to restore all mankind to himself and to bring redemption and salvation and freedom and deliverance and eternal life to those who would just trust in him. And to just say, yes, God. No, there's nothing else that we can do to please him, but say, yes, God, I believe. And every now and then throw in a help my unbelief. And grace is a, an amazing thing because it doesn't just extend to salvation, it extends to our very lives. Our very walks with him who the scripture declares we are kept by the power of God for the end times. That we are kept by his very will, kept by his grace and mercy. As Jesus said, I know those who are mine and the enemy cannot snatch them away. You who have declared him your love, Justice for 
for my soul. Mercy said no. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. Sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. Welcome back um, to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We got temporarily disconnected, our first Skype disconnect of the night, which 
you know, around here it happens off and on. Um, but, you know, we get into the habit of, we've been trying to get into the habit of reading the scripture um, because the Lord always confirms the scriptures and his words to our hearts. And But sometimes we just read it and we don't necessarily let him use it to speak to us. And so I wanted to read a little bit. Um, and if you're at home, just, and this is going to sound really weird, but just close your eyes and listen. It says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What that means is, as the psalmist said, where can I go from your spirit and where can I go from your presence? Many people have written books about the battlefield of our minds. Paul said, casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You see, I heard in a movie once that some things are true whether you believe in them or not. The only difference and how we walk our lives is how we perceive our lives, which is based on whose side of the story we want to believe, whether it's God's or the enemy's. The enemy declaring that we're defeated, God declaring that we were already victorious in him before the foundation of the world. And when it declares that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, that means everywhere, in all times, in all places, in all seasons. In all locations, in all circumstances, there is liberty in him. It says, but we all with unveiled faces, not hiding from the Father, but coming boldly to the throne of grace, as it says in Hebrews, in which we are accepted in a time of need. It says, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, which is Jesus, who is the express image of the glory of God. We are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God. Because just as the work of salvation was done solely by his own hands on our behalf, so is our transformation, so is our renewal and our sanctification. As the scripture declares that he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Far too often we lose heart because we feel we feel defeated, even though in reality we haven't been defeated, but we were, we reign victorious with him because he already has the victory. And sometimes all we have to do is, as the scripture declares, be still and know that he is God. Take our eyes off of the earth. Take our eyes off of our circumstances and put our eyes on him so that we can see not with human eyes and with human understanding and human comprehension, but as his word declares that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that we can go into the heavenly places, into the spiritual realm. And as the scripture declares that the Holy Spirit searches the thoughts of God, and reveals them unto us that we would understand and comprehend the way he does. 
about what's going on. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, which means those who are on the outside, those who don't have the revelation of the knowledge of God, those whose eyes are spiritually darkened, their hearts are spiritually hardened to the to the ways of God because the things of the Spirit are are spiritually discerned and they can't comprehend and they can't understand until He opens their eyes so that they can come and they can be healed and delivered and set free. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who did not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, throughout scriptures we talked recently about foreshadowing, how many things in the past were foreshadowings of things in the future. The temple that Solomon made and that the children of Israel would, would construct tents to house the glory of God, yet God said, what is the house that you'll build for me since my hands have created all things? And we know that he desires not to dwell in houses made with human hands, but he desires to dwell in us and among us because it declares that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. And just like men had an altar behind a veil, that only one man could go in into the presence of God. At the, res that the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the veil of the temple was torn in two, and our high priest, the Lord God, Jesus, the Messiah, entered into the holy place, not made with human hands, but that which is found, found in heaven. And he offered his own blood above on the mercy seat of heaven before the throne of the majesty on high. And just as he spoke once at the creation of this world and said, let there be light, yet again he spoke again when Jesus came in the flesh into this world and he said, let there be light once again. So that the darkness that had gripped men's hearts and held them captive in chains and bound by the fear of death that the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ could shine into this world and that the darkness would flee and be dispersed, that the light of the truth of the knowledge of God would be revealed and manifest into this earth. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, 
What is man that he is mindful of us? As small as we are, in the grand scheme of this universe which he has made, yet he still thinks on us. He still thinks about us. He still loves us. He still contemplates us. He still knows our form and our fashion, even knows the days planned for us before there was even one. Creating us for his own will, for his own purposes in our mother's wombs. Actually molding and shaping and forming and creating and establishing and calling forth purpose into each and every one of us before we were even formed. That his power and his glory and the manifestation of his grace and his mercy might be revealed and might be shown in us since he desires to dwell among us and in us and to work in us and through us through his Holy Spirit. It says in verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for his sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So since death is working in us, but life in you, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with you, I'll also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day you know the scripture declares that we are to reckon ourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God continually submitting ourselves to the Lord that he can work through us that he can mold us and fasten us and shape us. And what we find walking in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, walking in the Spirit, putting to death the deeds of the flesh, we learn to walk in the new life which he's declared that we have, where it says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, there's eternal home for us. I... um had to sit down with one of my children the other day um, because my wife's 
grandmother died and um one of my young girls emily um she had never experienced death before with anybody and um though she wasn't in the room when um her great grandmother passed on it still really affected her because the reality of death actually sunk in and she's only 13 and i had to sit her down and though she's um a christian even at 13 and though she loves the lord and believes in him she never really grasped the certainty and the unchangeable fact that the bible declares that we're just dust and that our life is but a vapor and i had to explain to her that what she may not realize is that she's eternal and that she was created to be eternal and that though the flesh, the skin that we occupy, these bodies will sooner or later pass away. Our spirit is eternal and will forever be in the presence of the living God. That is, if we choose that, because there are many who will not choose that. And how can someone who loves us so much force us to do things against our will? And so there will be many who will not choose eternity with him, and by that choose eternity without him, all out of ignorance and all out of knowledge. Because, as Jesus said upon the cross, they know not what they do. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. We're going to play some worship for just a few minutes, and we'll be right back. We hear God because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything. Sacrifice 
Let that be true. Let that be my yes. Let that be my amen. Let that be my bread. Let that be my thought. Let that be my confidence that he who promised it is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. He said in Jeremiah 33.3, call upon me and I will answer you. And so you great and mighty things you know not of. You know, faith is an attitude. And it goes beyond an attitude. It's a, so far to say, a characteristic of who you are. Where faith goes into knowledge. And then knowledge breeds more faith. The knowledge of who he is and who we are to him. And understanding out of that a relationship, though we may not see the fullness of the things which we desire or even possibly the fullness of the things that he has promised, the lack of our ability to understand or the lack of our ability to see the plan which he has in motion for our lives, as Ephesians says, we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. the lack of our ability to have the have the thoughts of God is not negate the absolute assurance of his word being true as he declared my word shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish that for which I sent it in all three of the scriptures we see men and women who've walked in faith when the situation seemed either hopeless or lost or where they seemed like they were in the middle of a wilderness with no escape and no way out yet faith taught them that there are things that are true that we may not necessarily always perceive with our human eyes and with our human understanding which is why the scripture says in Romans to walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so I wanted to, for a little bit, um, since we have some time, I'm going to read a little bit out of Hebrews. Um, just so that we can um, see what others who have in the same situation, walk with him what they had to go through and yet believe. It says, By faith the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds which were, were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offers to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and though it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, 
and he was not found but God, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things that had not yet been seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. You know, if you go through um, the book of Genesis, you'll find that up until the time of the flood, it had never rained upon the earth. Even in the Garden of Eden, the water, there was a mist that came from the ground. And the scripture doesn't say once about rain or that there was rain or anything else until the time of the flood. And, you know, God divinely warned Abraham. And Abraham had the choice whether to trust in God or not. Though his circumstances, he couldn't see this coming um, flood, couldn't comprehend a coming flood, couldn't comprehend what was about to transpire upon the earth. Though his friends mocked him and made fun of him, though he was persecuted possibly for what he was doing, he didn't let his circumstances help make him waver from the faith and the trust and the assurance he had that God was true and that God would God does not lie. And so, out of godly fear for the Lord, he was obedient. And through his obedience, obtained salvation through the deliverance that came from the Father. It says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful. Who had promised. You know, Sarah is one of those people who knew that if his word was going to come true in her life and Abraham's life, if that God would was going to fulfill the word which he declared over them, that it would be by his own hand that it would be accomplished. For she was fully aware of the condition of her own body, of her 
aging years and the fact that humanly it was impossible for her to conceive a child at her at her age but yet she did not let her physical limitations dissuade her from believing in him who had promised her and her assurance alone that his word would be fulfilled came not because of her under her understanding of the dynamics or the scientific processes or anything technical as far as how the promise would be fulfilled, but yet she believed and trusted him based solely upon him who had given the promise. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, being Abraham, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as a sand which is by the seashore you know through the obedience and the faith of Abraham and Sarah the majority of the inhabitants of the earth came into existence so through their faith in God the Lord was able to bring forth life And in the same manner, through our obedience to trust him and to have faith in his word being true, we also have the ability to bring forth light into the world if we're willing to trust him. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. You know, if you read Galatians, the book of Galatians, Paul sort of chastises the church. Because what they had begun in faith, they tried to walk out through their own understanding. As is said in Galatians chapter 3, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, who has deceived you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ is clearly portrayed among you as crucified. I only want to learn from you, did, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you are now being made perfect in the flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Therefore know that though only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith 
preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So those, so then those who are faith are blessed with believing Abraham. And truly, back in Hebrews, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But we're not like the children of Israel. I pray and believe that would grumble and complain about the way things used to be before we receive the promise of faith, before before we receive the promise of his grace and his mercy, before we were made aware of his love, before that point where the scripture declares, taste and see that the Lord is good. we would all have an opportunity to depart and to say, you know what, forget this whole faith thing, I'm going to go this way. But no, we've decided to place our trust in our lives in his hands. And it says, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. You know, it's interesting about the story in Genesis is that at that point in the history of this world there had yet to be a person raised from the raised to life from the dead. It had never happened. Elijah prayed for someone and they their life came back to, to them, but that was I don't know how many hundreds, maybe a thousand years later. But yet Abraham, who was accounted to be righteous through his faith in God, once again had to have that righteous, that faith put to the test. And that the promise that God had made to him, he understood did not belong to him, but belonged to God. That the plans and the purposes that God had spoken over him were not for Abraham's will, but for God's good pleasure. Understanding that Abraham didn't belong to himself, but he belonged to God, and the promise did too. And so therefore, even though no one had ever been raised from the dead, he was fully convinced that God, who was always faithful to fulfill his promises, could even raise up Isaac from the dead because Abraham understood that once God's word was spoken, there would have to be a fulfillment of it. And so he didn't hesitate to offer up his own son because he trusted the Lord. It says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob 
and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of a pharaoh's daughter, rather choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. You know, I think that one's interesting because the Red Sea would have probably held for the Egyptians had they had faith that God would fulfill his word, but they didn't have his word. And they didn't believe that God could do that. But had they had known, had they had known him, then the Red Sea would have actually stayed for them too, which is a scary thought. But all to demonstrate the power that the Lord God has to work in our lives and through us and on our behalf for those who are willing to take steps of faith and to trust him and to follow him regardless of what the situation said. Because the Red Sea did not depart until Moses put down his rod, until they started walking across. It says, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had were encircled for seven days. You know, the wall of Jericho, God told them to walk around the city seven for seven days and then blow the trumpet, and the walls fell. But yet, up until that time, no one had ever conquered a city in that way. No one had ever heard of the walls of a city falling down. But yet, they believed in whom who had spoken and promised them. And so regardless of what they may have felt about walking around the city for seven days and regardless of what they may have felt that people were looking at them or saying, and what are those crazy Israelites up to now? Now they're just walking around in circles, and but yet they trusted him who had spoken to them. It says, by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail to tell me of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, 
obtain promises, stop the malice of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. They became valiant in battle. They turned to flight the armies of the enemy. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having promised something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. This is Prayer International Radio, our call-in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, please give us a call, and we will be right back. I'm leaving here 
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call in number is 619-638-8458. Now we were talking about um, grace and faith. The grace in which we stand, trusting in the hope of the glory of God. As the scripture declares that the just shall live by faith. You know, it, it comes, we, we talked earlier and I said, what is, what really is faith? And when it comes down to it, what does it really mean? What does it really mean to walk in the grace of God? And if I can um, speak plainly, for just a moment, it, I could say that it means that no matter what happens, God, you're in charge. Heaven and earth could pass away, but you remain the same. That despite our sin, you have had mercy upon us. That though we did not know you, you knew us and loved us. That through your own will, for your own pleasure and for your own purpose, you've decided to pour your grace into our lives. That not only could we be light into this world, but that we could also know you. That we could walk this walk of faith. That we, being new creations in Christ Jesus, could begin to comprehend the width and the depth and the length of the height to know the love of God, which passive knowledge as your word declares Father I pray that for all of us listening tonight Father you would reveal to us the unmeasurable unsearchable and almost indescribable love which you had for us That though we were not worthy, you now call us worthy. Though we were not accepted, you have declared that we are now accepted into the kingdom of your Son. That though we were slaves, you have declared us free through the blood of Jesus that we can walk in freedom through the Spirit of Christ who dwells in us and among us. That though we were servants, you purposed in your own heart to call us friends. That though we were strangers, now you have granted us access 
and see your presence, the presence of the Most High God. Though our righteous acts are as filthy rags before you, you have still deemed us righteous through faith and believing the name of your Son. That through faith, our old man, the body of sin, could be buried in baptism. That through your resurrection, Jesus, we could walk in the newness of life. That we could walk in the Spirit. That we could perceive and understand in the Spirit. That the things of the flesh would be passed away and done away with. As your word declares, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus, that we, as a church, as individuals, as your body, as your bride, could become worshipers. Worshiping you in spirit and in truth. That we could become one with you. That you would reveal to us, God, that you would share to us the intimate secrets of your heart. That you would reveal your plans and your purposes to us. That we could find ourselves in you. That we could walk according to your will. That your word would be made live in us. That we all, Lord, would be transformed into the image of your Son. That we being redeemed from the foundation of the earth, Father, could comprehend what your word means when it declares that not only are we your inheritance, but that we're the joy that was set before you when you endured the cross. That you would reveal to us what it means that we are your joy. Father, for you have said that you have not only come that we may have life and have it more abundantly, but you said that you knew the thoughts you thought of us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. And Jesus, not only did you declare that we would be redeemed and sanctified, that we would be made holy and righteous as your word declares that you forever, forever, for all eternity have already perfected us who are still being sanctified. But that your plan had not ended there. That you have still 
given us your word to proclaim your kingdom, to proclaim your coming and your return to this earth, to proclaim the victory which you have. Though, though while, we, while we may not fully understand, though we can't fully perceive or comprehend all the things that have been placed under your feet, we rest knowing that the Father said all things are going to be put under your feet. So, Father, we rest. Lord, we long to rest in your presence. Father, we long to cast off the burden of work and stress that we put upon ourselves, striving for the bread which you've already given to us. As the children of Israel complained and strived for the manna, because they did not believe that you would provide again. Jesus, we know that you are our manna. You are the bread that had come down from heaven. Not only to fulfill to fulfill us and to fill us for one day, but for through all eternity, Lord, that we would never hunger or thirst. So Jesus, give us this water. Give us you. Give us the knowledge of who you are. Father, take away our preconceived notions and our preconceived ideas of the way that you want to do things, Lord. And reveal the truth of your plans and your purposes and your hearts through us, Lord. Let your word become alive to us. Holy Spirit, reveal to us Jesus Jesus, you said that the Holy Spirit would take what is yours and declare it unto us. Holy Spirit, we desire one thing above all things, that we may know you. As Moses declared on the mountain, that if we have found grace in your sight, that you would show us your way that we could know you. That as Paul said, we would count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You who have made us alive again. You who have breathed into us the breath of life again. Father, that you would reveal to us through your spirit the things that are real that we don't see. That though we know this world is passing away, but that the things that aren't seen are eternal. Lord, you revealed to Paul, and he said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age who, like their father, walk around like a roaring lion 
seeking whom they may devour. Father, we desire that you would transform our minds. Lord, that you would wash our minds through your word. That you would take up residence in our minds, Lord. That our thoughts would be your thoughts. Because your word also declares, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And though you say, out of the abundance of a heart, the mouth speaks. Lord, we ask, according to your word, that you would remove the stony heart that's in us. Father, from our own ignorance, Lord, from our own stubbornness, from our own rebellion and pride. Father, humbly that you would take and transform our hearts, Lord. So they would beat like yours does. Father, that you would transform our eyes. That we would see the world not with human perception or human understanding. But Father, we would see your creation the way you intended them. As lost sheep, though even though they're lost, they still belong to you. Because your word also says that earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we are all your creation and we're all your people and we're all your children, Lord. So we ask, Father, that you would send laborers into the fields to gather the harvest for its ripe, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would work upon the hearts of men. Revealing the knowledge of the light of the Lord Jesus Christ into this earth. Father, from the north and the south, the east and the west, Lord, that you would rise up and intercessors, Lord. That you would rise up a prophetic generation of children and men and women, Father. To come boldly to your throne of grace to hear your words. So that we could speak on your behalf into this world. That we've already received. And already know what your word declares. which is that you have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Father, we yield everything to you. This moment and every moment after it, Father. Lord, we choose to yield And to give you complete and total control. To know that you are God. To know that you are able. To complete the work that you started until the day of Christ. 
to know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Father, your word declares that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that your Holy Spirit resides in us. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reveal the fellowship that we have in you.
Okay, we have about um, three minutes left of the broadcast, and so, you know, um, although it may seem tedious for us to say this, real knowledge and real truth will never come through man, but only through the Spirit of God. Real revelation as well can never come through man, but only through him who is and has become the revelation of the heart of God into this earth. And we as a church, as a body, who are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit must learn to seek His face, must learn to become worshipers in spirit and in truth, must learn to walk in His presence, to walk in the knowledge of His faithfulness to us. When Jesus asked his disciples who the world declared he was, the world didn't have the right answer because the world could neither see him nor know him. And he asked Peter, and he said, who do y'all say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. For this knowledge has not been revealed to anybody, but to those who love him. And to those who would receive him, those that would accept him, those that would call upon his name. And the word declares anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead is still working in this earth to reveal to the Son of and daughters that he is Lord so for Chris I'm Sean this is Prayer International Radio if you need prayer um, between now and tomorrow night at 10 o'clock you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com and so Father God for everyone listening tonight, Lord, I ask for a double portion of your presence, Lord, and your anointing, Lord, Father, Holy Spirit, that you would encompass about them, Lord, fill them completely and totally, your great truth, Father, with your joy and peace, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen.